Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit Get Fit Recovery. This is a series where we discuss all the various ways you can recover from exercise. We explore if they're worth your time, giving you our personal thoughts and of course bringing you the latest scientific data. This week we explore foam rolling for recovery. Although not strictly recovery, we go into some detail on its applications for warming up as well as that seems to be where a lot of the data sways in terms of benefits of foam rolling. Of course, we also answer the big ones like does foam rolling help with DOMS, does it help with injuries and if you listen to episode one about stretching, you may find some of what we say fairly familiar. So let's get into this week's episode. Hello boys, welcome back. Fucking hell, straight off the bat. Welcome Andy. <laughs> All right, Those meatballs did the trick. Yeah, they did. I'm Honestly, I'm still hungry. <laughs> still hungry. You're still busy um, saving Ken, aren't you Andy? I am, mate, yeah. Back in my hotel, loving life. You're coming off remote, aren't you? He's on his phone. I'm on my phone because the army MOD fucking laptop is worth two and a half grand, but doesn't let you do anything or go anywhere. <laughs> mm. So basically everyone's taxpayers' money is going, you know, to a good use. Yeah, 100%. Slower, older fucking laptops. Yes. We're definitely going to be able to hold out against the Russians and God knows who else. <laughs> you know. If you think about it, you look, at, you look at like Ivan Drago from Rocky Four, and then you just look at us, it's like... Fucking hell, we don't stand a chance. Well, I feel like that's a stereotypical thing, though, isn't it? The, the, the Russian thing. like They, they always look like the big, big evil fucking supervillain, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Well, to be fair, they are. All the Russians I've met are <laughs> big, massive bastards. <laughs> if dra- fucking, fucking that big guy from Rocky turns up and says, I want to fight you, I'm not. I'm joining his team. Whatever team he's on, I'm doing it. Dolph Lundgren isn't even Russian. <laughs> he's like Swedish or something on those lines. I'd say what, for a guy of his age, he's still ripped as well. He's always posting yeah. pictures of... Andy, are you having a stroke? <laughs> Andy, what are you doing with your phone? It's just like going everywhere, isn't it? I'm trying to like, listen to Tom's conversation. Just, <laughs> the camera's going everywhere. All I can see is Andy right, having right, a stroke. Right, right, am. Andy I am, cannot I be trusted with a handheld device. Fucking, no, I can't, can I? All setting it up. What are you doing? Because you guys are really old. Uh, I'm really old and you guys are really young. It's not the camera shaking, it's my eyes shaking. Yeah, it's just what I'm perceiving. You're old as shit. Right, quick question. Uh, Serious question. Why don't you get any goth bodybuilders? (laughs) Now you've said it, I've literally just thought in my head. Name me one one goth bodybuilder. In fact, name me one goth crossfitter. To be honest with you, I'd assume goths would be more into crossfit because it's, you know, it's like uh, crossfit's very like, oh, you wouldn't understand me, you know. CrossFit's oh, yeah. the outsiders. No, but no, but CrossFit's are everyone, and being a goth isn't because it's, it's for fucking weirdos. Oh, for fuck's sake, Andy! How have we offended someone already? <laughs> <laughs> We're two minutes in. Right, let me get the list out. Yeah, he's getting the list out. Add, add goth to the list. Go- oh wait, I've got to make a separate page. I feel like they don't like to be called goths. Goths? Are we just putting goths? Or are we putting CrossFit goths? Just put. Oh, goths that's out. not a thing. That are we putting bodybuilding thing. goths? Do they even exist? They might do. If there's any, if there's do, any, uh, any of our listeners that are um, uh, bodybuilding goths, please get in contact with us. Right, in brackets, am I putting natural bodybuilding goths or, you know, enhanced? 
Juicy goffs. Do you get juicy goffs? Why are we getting so specific for something that doesn't even exist? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> mm. I've never seen one. How do they ever look on stage? Would you imagine that on a stage, like a goth coming out? Just, just right. Matt and a tanked guy with like hair everywhere, white Okey makeup dokey. on. So this is the perfect time for us to actually have. Um, this is the perfect time for us to actually have like this whole video thing going on. Uh, there is a guy from old like punk rock group called the Misfits, uh, and of course only I would know this. With the magic of editing, this will all be a, a, a brisk moment. Yeah. Hang on one second. Oh, acute effects from foam rolling. And he's just jumping into the episode now. We've not even introduced it. <laughs> just like... Ah. So, uh, yeah. Old <laughs> kind of like pseudo goth punk rock band from America. And uh, the guitarist's name is Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein. Of course it is. Fucking Would you like to see him? They exist. Goth oh bodybuilders God. exist. And do you know what, Bill? Him. He's actually a vegan. Is he? So no. if, you can't, if you can't be weird enough, you've got to be a goth bodybuilding vegan. Oh, I, he just wants to fit all the brackets, doesn't he? He just wants to <laughs> he's be... He's all the boxes, isn't he? <laughs> he just, oh, yeah. He's like, oh, I can't be a vegan bodybuilder. What about goth? Oh, no, I'll just be all of them and then I'll be on my own. I wouldn't want to say that to his face, though. Yeah, he's pretty big. Is he big? Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a bit ripped, isn't he? Oh yeah, Andy and can't see the Andy can't see it, can he? he and can't. you know he's on steroids because he's American. Andy, you're you're on like a full rampage of offence then, aren't you? You're offending goths, Americans, like the names. I mean you're just going full send, aren't you? So this is the usual page for apologies. The usual notepad. Uh, this is Andy's own one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry guys. Right, Jess, let's get into the next episode before um Andy oh, more than, everyone more else. Than, more, no, no, wait, wait. Oh no. Oh what what are you doing? So so my missus, do you know you put that clip on uh on Facebook <laughs> about the uh about Harry Potter? I was about the cake, the situation with the cake. Oh, all oh, gone. about you mugging off uh, ginger wizards. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah, that one. mugging them off. <laughs> so basically, my wife turned around to me and said, um, literally in a text out of the blue, a few days passed, I ain't got a clue what's going on. She went What's wrong with wizards? And I was like, I was like, what the what the fuck are you on about? She was like, nah. She was like, what if fucking Hermione didn't want to go with Harry? What if Harry's a cunt? And I was just like, what is she on about? And then I realised that I'd slagged Harry Potter off, and she took offence to it. She said, there's nothing wrong with gingers, uh, <laughs> so I have to make a formal apology because it's my wife. Um, sorry to ginger <laughs> wizards. Um, you're probably really nice inside. Hmm. Um, I like the nuance there. You didn't say, oh, ginger people, just wizards. Yeah. You know, <laughs> ginger wizards, safe as houses, but gingers in general, mm, different breed of species. Uh, yeah. Said, they're, they're nice inside. But what about outside, Andy? Are they not nice outside? Well, they're ginger on the outside, so. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, connection is really bad. I can't hear anything. Sorry. <laughs> change the subject. Welcome back to um, Recovery episode number two, where we're going to talk all about foam rolling and if it's beneficial for recovery. So last week we tackled stretching, and this week we're moving on to foam rolling. It's quite, it's going to be quite similar, I'd say, in some of the themes and points we're going to make, but there are some differences. So let's start with, what is it? What is a foam roller? A foam, yeah, what is a foam roller? We should probably start with. There's different types, isn't there? I mean, we're, we're probably be talking about the, the main one today because you get like the fucking vibration ones and all sorts now, don't I you? I mean, the best way to probably describe it is it's like a very, 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 
I'm not going to say the word thick because I know that we're not going to be able to take that seriously. It's a very wide pipe, and usually it's got like <laughs> yeah, a... it is. <laughs> it's fucking real wide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a, a cylindrical thick pipe. Oh, you're just selling foam rollers. Like, it's filthy. Basically, it's, yeah. a, it's a massive plastic shaft. You are making me feel dirty right now. And some some vibrate, you know. Some are knobbly. Some are smooth. Mm. <laughs> they are, you're right. This Jesus sounds very Christ. similar to there, a lot of there, products. There is no there is no way that this is going to sound innocent now. But basically, you know, it's just, it's a tube. It's a tube. It's a cylindrical shape. Tube. And usually... Um, solid. Yeah, it's, it's a hard plastic, but on the outside, sometimes you get like a soft foam. Uh, and sometimes you get like a little... How do you describe it? Like little nodules... Like on the outside of the phone, like different yeah, little shapes. knobbly bits. Some of it looks like bubble wrap. Um, the one I've got is it looks brutal, so it's it's, it's uh, spiky. You oh. actually get the really soft ones. Have you seen the really soft ones? They're literally just all foam. They're very very soft. Yeah, they're not, I don't, yeah. They're not. I wouldn't say they're much. Um, I suppose it depends on how sore you are, but then you got them black ones that are like plastic, just plastic. Yeah, it's not foam. It's just solid hard plastic. Yeah, it's, it's like a bed of nails. But basically, it's like a it's a large cylinder that you can you roll around on basically. You roll your muscles around yeah, on. It's like a self. It, yeah. It's a form of self massage. But we won't go into massage too much because we're going to do a whole episode on its own for that. But so that's what it is. So do any of us use it? So I personally, the only time I ever really use a foam roller in my own training is prior to a session. I might do a little bit because we do know that if you do a little bit prior, it can help with things like range of motion. Although this isn't for a massive amount of time. <laughs> sometimes it's good to get that little head start into it when you know you're going to go you haven't got a lot of time so you haven't got a lot of time to maybe jump into a you know you don't want to be building up too much you want to go in with a pretty heavy weight straight away if you do a bit of foam well. rolling that can help with range of motion a little bit <laughs> Andy doesn't sound too convinced Andy sounds no. desperate to say something go on Andy no. what do you want to say mate? no no you finish off what you're saying that's basically what I'm saying is that it helps with increasing the range of motion it doesn't help with improving performance it helps so, you yeah it helps you yeah, it does oh, help. Not me, help anyway. everybody. No, but I mean, we've got we've got data on it. It's not like a, I'm not just made, I'm not just saying subjectively. It's 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 me. They have done okay. tests on it improving range of motion mm. prior. Who did they <laughs> test? They test these foam rollers on though. Which were the subject? Were, were they humans? Were they horses? Well, obviously, they were humans. Don't you can't test a foam roller on a fucking rat. Of course, you could fucking you could foam roll a horse. What? We get into a snatch. Well, I tell you, get Stu McGill on here because he's probably foam rolled a pig. Is this study from? Uh... Joe Steedman. Joel Ste- oh, Steadman. Big Joel. Whatever his name is, Joel Steadman. Is it? Is it from him? Because if it's not, I don't want to hear about it. To be fair, he loves a phone roller. <laughs> he loves uh, a phone roller. You know he does. Uh, he just uses them in all the wrong fucking ways. I've never actually seen him use a phone roller for what its intended purposes for, but you know he does well, love a phone just, roller. Um, no, just because we've maybe he invented phone rollers and that's what they were actually meant for to balance on your head while you're doing a one-handed snatch with a hex bar. You don't know. <laughs> Okay, that was magical, that might be their original fucking <laughs> original purpose. Maybe, and then someone went, mis- "Hey, up! I could lay on this." Maybe we're misusing it, and he's actually read the instructions. Because who's ever actually read the instructions that come with a foam roller? Maybe he mm-hmm. has, and we just haven't. And he's using it in the correct purpose. So I'm assuming you two lads have never used one then. So I feel like actually we could be talking utter shit about foam rollers. And it's because it's sort of monkey see monkey doing it. No one's actually sat you down and you read the instructions like an Ikea bookcase. What's happened is we've just seen that fat guy in the corner rolling around on a foam roller. And we've gone, oh, it looks good, that does. And then in our head, we've gone, well, 
if he's doing it, I should do it. And if I do it, it will help me. When really, that really fat guy um, is just trying to get out of PT. So that, <laughs> brilliant. I, that's I have, my, that's it. We've cracked this. See you next week, guys. Bye-bye. I have actually had like a half hour foam roller dedicated session before while with the army. Which is, you know, mm-hmm. one He's of the least, big. which is one of the least kind of like physical things you could think of when it comes to, you know, physical training in the army. Uh, going back to your original question, Bill, like whether I use one. So I've kind of admitted in the past that I, I, I rarely use one. So it's not like I don't ever use one, but I rarely use one. Um, in regards to warming up, um, I don't. In regards to recovery, I, I, I use it when I'm in absolute shit states with shit state. Sorry, with DOMS, uh, delayed onset muscle soreness. Basically, once you've trained and your muscles are really, really sore, and I mean, I'll only use it if I'm like desperate to do anything. Because usually, when I'm sore, I'd rather do other modalities to kind of recover. Or to take the, the the pain away, let's say, or my perceive my perception of uh, the pain that I'm feeling. But there have been times where I'm in such agony that I'm willing to do anything, including foam rolling. So yeah, if I'm being honest with you, I do use it, but just very rarely. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair enough. Um, well, we did another Instagram poll on this one. We did the same for stretching. We did one now for foam rolling. So I'll let you know the results I got. So I asked the question: Do you foam roll for recovery? We got 35% of people said they do, 65% said they don't. And then I asked, do you think foam rolling actually works for recovery? We got 44% of people saying yes, and 56% of people saying no. So it's quite a lot of negativity towards foam rolling, which is quite surprising because last week there was quite a lot of positivity around stretching. And then that was the complete <laughs> that was a complete wrong way it should have been. Whereas this time there's a lot of negativity towards it. If anything, I'd say foam rolling perhaps on paper, looks a bit better than static stretching after exercise for recovery. Mm. If we go strictly on paper. So if we talk in a, a military context here, um, foam rolling, I feel like has got the sort of bad end of a sh- like shit stick, really, isn't it? Um, because normally you associate foam rolling with sort of biffs and the la- sick, lame and lazy. Yeah. They just sort of get a foam roller out, they sit in the corner, while everyone's getting fresh, they just sort of roll around. So he's kind of it's got that stigma. Stigma. Um, yeah, it's got a stigma. Yeah, I feel it? that, especially, I'm not talking in civvy world. Um, I'm saying more more in the military content. So a lot of them are looked at, and and that can be found with stretching as well, because you see a lot of them, they'll foam roll for a full hour, and yeah. like, we know that's way too much. And the problem is, what we're saying there is, we, a lot of these people don't even know what they're actually doing with the foam nah, roll themselves. Just... They've, as this monkey see, monkey do, they've seen someone roll around a little bit on their lower back with a foam roll. They think, fuck it, I'll do that. That might help. They might actually ask why they're doing it or what what mm-hmm. they tr- get trying to get out of it. They're just doing it because, as you said, they've been told to go fucking do some do their rehab program in the corner while everyone else is on the assault course and they're just rolling around in it to look like they're busy. And really, they're not, they're not thinking about intensity. They're not thinking about what they're doing. They're not thinking about how long. So... Like, if we're talking about, because we're kind of going off track, because obviously we, we're going to talk about this in the context of recovery, yeah, but course, yeah. we, we, at the same time, we can't ignore, you know, that a lot of people do use, the vast majority use people, like, sorry, the vast majority of people use foam rollers as a way to warm up. And with uh, the prevalence of social media, so people, I'm not going to start slagging people off, but I will mention names just to give an example, but people like Squat U, etc., they make a massive big deal about warm uh, ups. And usually, now don't get me wrong, there are times you are you, that a foam roller can be beneficial for a warm-up. You know, it can acutely increase mobility and flexibility. And it does, you know, promote a bit of blood flow as well. 
But it's got to that point now where people think you have to do this. You have to do this yeah. because it's going to increase your performance. Not so much, oh, it just gives you a bit of better mobility, if, it, if mobility matters for the movement you're going to do, but also, oh, it's going to prevent injury as well. And it's got this idea that, well, the elites do it, and this person with like a arbitrary number, one million following on Instagram does it, so surely I should be doing it as well. It's not necessarily yeah. the case. If you need to phone roll for a warm-up, go for it. But there's nothing magical about it. And I do believe, personally, that a lot of people use it without fully understanding the context of why they're using it or yeah, what okay. the benefit actually is. Um, I'd actually really recommend to go and listen back to our Myths episode. on war- It was called Myths Warming Up or Warm Up, whatever it's called. Basically, it's along them lines of that title name. And that's what we talk about, the myths surrounding a warm-up and why people think certain things they need to do when they don't, uh, and basically other ways you can warm up. So I'd go back and listen to that, really. That's a really good one. We go into more detail on warming up. But yeah, in terms of foam rolling, it gets over... Go on, mate, go on. I was just going to literally reiterate what Tom said is it gets sort of overemphasized on its benefits. For example, like performance. Oh, if I do this, I'm going to PB my snatch. It's like, well, no, you're not going to. Re- it's not going to happen. You know, it's. Yeah, it, it, it's that. It's that they're doing it. Do you know what I mean? Social media does this great thing where they actually they sell it. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, do you want. Do you want to run as fast as uh, Rich Fronin? Buy his trainers. Do you want to snatch as much as. Uh, Fucking whoever buy these shoes, you know. It, social media has its marketing, effect. isn't uh, it? Just marketing. It's massive marketing. But it, getting back to the subject of, I don't use these at all. I don't use foam rollers. Um, one, I don't. Do you know what I mean? I don't really know. I get told so many things like just consistently roll up and down it, roll side to side from the muscle. Hold here know, for a few seconds. <laughs> hold here for a few seconds and go back. And so I'm sort of stepping away because. We actually don't get taught it, especially as PTIs, we don't really get taught it, but yet we're expected to just be able to do it. So I, I kind of step back from it because I, I don't, one, I don't fully understand them um, in a sense of like, because I, I, I haven't found a benefit, so I haven't been able to buy in with them. Yeah. You know, even even if it's like, uh, like, um, like even if I think they do, because I, I like to think that I'm balanced in the sense that like there potentially is a science behind it. There's potentially uh, subjective views against it. I'm not going to say yay or nay to things. I'll try it. If I like it, I'll use it. But if I don't, then I don't. Um, I know a lot of people do this. I see a lot of CrossFitters. They're big on this at the moment. So they get down 10 minutes before a session starts and they'll just start smashing their legs or smashing their upper body, what they need to stretch off. They've got time, haven't they? Yeah, and I get it. I get it. And I get it. I think it's becoming a status thing. Now, CrossFitters love kicking the ass out of something to a point where it's like, Hey, if you don't do this, you're not a CrossFitter, um, and it's like got to be in their bag. It's got to be little. It's got to be in their fucking CrossFit bag, and it's almost part of the ritual. Yeah, I think this is why this episode's really important because, as you're saying, there people are seeing all these CrossFitters and other sort of athletes out there doing this stuff, and because you've seen your favourite athlete doing this before every session, you're like, do I need to do that? So, go on, Tom. What are you going to say, mate? No, no, I'm just touching my exercise bike. <laughs> you look like you had your hand up. You're like, hello. <laughs> no. Touching your fucking. Is that a pram? <laughs> No, this is my exercise bike. And to be fair, this is the first time I've touched it in about a week. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. Right, anyway, let's get straight into the meeting. I might have just got my room. mouse on there. <laughs> what? It's Derek. Don't be fucking rude, mate. Say hi. Derek? Derek. I can't see him, so fuck off. Andy, you're not missing much. All I can see is a cardboard box. But who? Derek. Oh, don't worry about Derek. Carry on.
let's get into the fucking meat of the episode then. So let's let's get now that does it help? Does phone rolling help? So I'll start by basically saying, spoiler alert, don't expect miracles in regards to recovery when it comes to phone rolling. So we've got a paper here from 2017. Uh, they did quite a, it's quite an interesting little test. They tested different sort of aspects of recovery um, and they kind of come to the conclusion that phone rolling did not improve most me- measures of recovery compared to a non-foam rolling group in the days following high volume and damaging sprinting exercises. So they got these guys doing quite, I can't remember the exact volume of sprints, but it was a lot. So it was a lot to cause significant damage. Um, they got some of them to do some foam rolling after, some of them not to. And it only appeared to help with agility when using the T-test. So Andy, did you ever do the T-test on your PTI course? Yeah, we did the T-test a few times. Yeah, so Tom, you've never heard of it, have you? What I probably... I probably know what it is. I've just, I, I just don't know. So basically, yeah. it's obviously you can imagine it's a shape of a T. So you have cones. You have a, you have cones set out in a shape of a T. You'll start on the, you'll start at sort of like the base of the stem of the T. You sprint forward to the center of the top of the T. You then sidestep to the left, sidestep to the right, come oh, back no, to the middle, and no. then sprint backwards, but running backwards. So that's what the idea of it is there. So obviously you've got to accelerate, decelerate sidestep sidestep then run backwards and that's yeah. basically the t-test so they've used that as their way to assess agility and apparently i was actually i was sorry to interrupt there mate i just want to quickly interject and uh you just you said a key word there and that is agility and what you've because there's a lot of like different buzzwords when we in regards to training so i've got to sweep my mouth you know we've got like oh power endurance strength agility and a lot of it just kind of gets jumbled up together but uh, that is like a good way to describe agility with those movements you just described, which has multiple, those quick movements where you can quickly change direction, that that is agility basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's going to play a big. Knowing that, knowing that definition is going to play a big part later on when we go a bit more into the context of yeah. bone rolling and who it might be good for. So yeah, sorry, mate. Carry on. Uh, so yeah, that was the only thing that actually appeared to help have any benefit with the rest of the other tests. For example, one of the tests I think was. I think it was a static vertical jump, which can actually directly correlate to, I think it's a back squat at 80% of your 1RM. So is it is that, So I think it's one of them. But basically what that means is, is that this one of the tests they did, although it wasn't them squatting, it actually correlates to an 80% and they found that it didn't improve recovery on that test. So if you are a strength athlete, according to this bit of data, doing foam rolling will make no sort of benefit to recovery. But if you're a, if you're a sprinter... Uh, not a sprinter, I'd say. Maybe if you're a football player or a basketball player, that sort of, uh, we got to do loads of sprints and require a lot of agility. Maybe, according to this paper, it could have some help on recovery for agility. Um, we've also got a meta-analysis here, which is really good to get into. I think, Tom, I think you linked this, actually, on your Instagram a little while ago. Oh, probably. Um, basically, it, it came to the conclusion of, Overall, it was determined that the effects of foam rolling on performance and recovery are rather minor and partly negligible, but can be relevant in some cases. Example, to increase sprint performance and flexibility or to reduce muscle pain sensation. The evidence seems to justify the widespread use of foam rolling as a warm-up activity rather than a recovery tool. That that was from 2019, that meta analysis, so it's quite recent as yeah, well. Uh, the recent, guy's that, name, yeah. oh, f- it began with a W, but I can't remember. Yeah, it'll be linked what in the show notes. All these papers will be in the show notes, so if you want to have a little look. But it's good to know that that came out two years ago, so yeah. it's very relevant. It's recent data. I like the fact they put sprint performance. Do you see that when it said it could be um, relevant in some sprint performance? So they kind of linked that to the other one with agility, where there's some sort of correlation there, which is quite interesting to see. Um, but we've... I've, Put you two papers there, which have kind of said that foam rolling doesn't really help, but we've actually got loads of studies on the opposite as well that say it can help with DOMS. Um, 
It's a bit of a consensus though that the evidence isn't too strong either way. Um, it may help, but it's probably best paired with other methods of recovery. So a lot of people will recommend if you're going to do a bit of foam rolling, maybe go out and do a bit of active recovery as well. A brisk walk, uh, a light cycle, uh, maybe a light swim, something as well to pair it with it. Because on its own, the effects don't seem to be that that major. But again, again, you're, you're buying into you're buying into something really with this. I think if it works, it works. Go for it. But like, let's look on a personal training approach. You you um, you've got someone that's a little bit older. They've started at the gym with you. They're hurting. You get them on a foam roller. You're now sort of massaging their uh, their train of thought into saying like, this is really good for you because they're not going to know. That's why they've come to you because they don't know. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're backing up. I use this myself, this, that, and the other. They're starting to get this. Well, he uses it. I use it sort of feeling that we've talked about a few times. Yeah. And they're buying in there. They're going, well, he uses it. Oh, yeah, I can really feel that hurts. It's just like a bruise. If your muscle hurts, yeah, if you get a bruise and you poke it really hard, it's going to go, ow. You take it off, it's not going to. So you're going to get that, oh, feels nice. Now I'm not poking it kind of feel. <laughs> do, you under, do you get where I'm yeah. going? Go it's on. funny you say that because they literally, whenever whenever anyone foam rolls, they seem to like, like embrace oh, the pain. They're in shit state. They're like, oh my God, oh my God. And they get off. Like, oh, yeah. That's and amazing, yeah. Do you know, this is very similar to when we kind of spoke about stretching on the last episode. And that is, you know, there's, an old, there's a saying I'll hear around again and it's, uh, it hurts so good. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like if you're in pain, but you stretch something, it's like that pain now takes over the other pain you're feeling. Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? Uh, I know it's going to sound. I mean, look, at the end of the day, we sounds sexy, doesn't it? Do you know what we? Some of us pay for. I don't know why I'm saying this as if I'm, you know, paying people to do it, but some of us pay for other people to kick us in the balls. Yes, you, know, you do. Some human, some human. <laughs> you know, pain for some people could be quite therapeutic, especially if it takes their mind off of other parts that are sore. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like if you've got a sore tooth and you keep fucking prodding it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's weird. Humans are weird. Pain is weird as well. But I mean, with foam rolling and stretching, like we we when we spoke about stretching, we said can't do it at like a low intensity. But I find a lot of human nature is when we want to stretch, we want to feel it. And when we yeah, say feel it, it's like, it. yeah, we want to force it until it burns. And I feel it's the same with foam rollers as well. We're very practical beings, aren't we, Tom? Like we always have to feel like we have to see it, feel it, hear it. We have to kind of almost have to be, have a response to it. it can't, we can't just be like, oh, this this could be happening on a, I don't know the right word for it. But as you said, you have to almost feel it to such an intensity that you believe how it's working. How do I know it's working? Yeah, how do I know it's yeah, working? Yeah. Crying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, no, that's not... it, isn't it? Yes, 100%. We, we all humans work like that. I didn't feel that. Didn't work. Yeah. How many times have we heard that? Didn't feel that. Didn't feel that. Didn't and work. And it's the same with training as well, actually. Some people think their workout is shit because they're not in pain the next day. <laughs> yeah, not in shit state. So you're saying about the pain thing, yeah. It's actually an important thing to note. So... When you utilise foam rolling, some really good stuff here actually, is that you can actually do it to a really low to moderate pressure and it's still effective. So the pain scale should be between 2 to 5 on a 1 out of 10 pain scale because very high pressure does not cause further improvement for recovery or range of motion if you're doing it for a warm-up. So pushing down really hard doesn't actually do anything. So people are just giving themselves extra pain for no reason. And Joe, funny enough, when I um, when I was doing my PT course, my fitness instructor course, etc., I, I was actually under the impression from my tutors that it was the complete opposite. And that for a foam roller to work, you had to be wincing. 
basically. Once again, it just shows the curriculum's fucked. <laughs> so I used to get uh, soft tissue therapy from uh, a friend of mine who's qualified. It's not just something we did at the weekend or anything. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. Rub my leg. <laughs> now, um, and so I used to... I, I before she, uh, her telling me like no it's not the not the right way to do it, so I would literally thera guns everything like that jam it into my leg like literally forcing it to to I'd, I'd feel pain and be like oh yeah that's it like it's like a drug isn't it you're trying to find that hurt yeah. pain and you're, you're chasing it and she was like she always said to me she was like well you forcing it in that much surely that's not going to relax the muscle surely and she was trying to like educate me in the way that. That muscle is going to get real tense because, again, you're jamming something into it. It's going to protect itself and just say, okay, tense up. I don't like this. What's going on? And and it's going to be kind of counterintuitive, surely. Yeah, I see what you mean. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It makes sense, but people just, I don't know, I think it's just, as we said before, people want to, they need to know something's actually happening. Yeah, we want to know something's happening, don't we? idiots. Yeah. There's also another couple of papers here which they talk about DOMS. We spoke about DOMS on the last episode of Recovery on the Stretch One Center about how there's not really much you can do for DOMS, but we got some papers here. Uh, paper one was a systematic review. Tom, I think you said you found some stuff in this one, wasn't it? That was a bit suspect. This is the, is it PC or Percy? It's from 2015. This was the one where the outcome basically said it had like a pretty substantial effect on DOMS. When I was looking through the full paper of this, uh, we kind of spoke about this before the podcast, but I'll, I'll just quickly reveal it here. I, I kind of really like the methods they did to guarantee that the subject's got DOMS. And they basically, and this is going to sound quite similar to you know to, to, to you and Andy, Bill. Um, they they had the subjects do 10 sets of 10 reps of squats. So basically German, German volume, volume training, training GVT. Um, and they were unaccustomed to disamount the volume Ooh, as well. Hello. That's the worst thing you can do. <laughs> if you've ever done GVT or like high volume in general without being accustomed to it, it's you are like a 99%, I'm putting out arbitrary numbers once again here, but it's 99% certain you're going to be getting DOMS once again, oh, maybe yeah. not, but you know. <laughs> no, no, if you don't, you're dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you ain't sitting down or getting up again anytime soon. Well, you'll fall down. <laughs> Another little interesting, so they tested performance, etc. And um, actually, funny enough, Bill, uh, once again, this kind of goes in hand in hand with what you were saying with the previous studies and the meta analyses, and that is strength performance seemed to kind of like suffer a little bit, but agility rose slightly higher. I mean, some of the strength performance stuff, it like it suffered up to like 80, 8%, you know, but with the, with the agility stuff, it was just like, you know, slight differences, not major differences in improvement, but, you know, a little bit of a difference but i mean uh, one thing i did learn was how they kind of tested the pain in regards to doms and it was usually something called a a, a pressure pain threshold test and looking at it here it's, it's really weird but it's the best joe i'm not going to describe it to you i'm just gonna it's basically a device that they use in labs to literally prod people with <laughs> and there's like a little uh there's like a little lcd screen that says how much how hard you're actually prodding someone uh, and just to think that people get paid for that and get called scientists that you prod a person and say does this hurt and you're fucking jamming this machine into them and it's saying you're putting this amount of pressure on them um but that's how they basically got their results for this study is they were just i mean we kind of in regards to pain 
pain is extremely complicated um, and a lot of it is psychological. It's very hard to kind of, let's say we do a study where we want to find out about muscle growth. We can check muscle growth by using tape measure. We could do something called a biopsy, which is where you surgically take away a piece of muscle and look at it under a microscope. So there's loads of like mechanical ways we can look at tissue change in that kind of way. But with pain, there's no... In regards to this, at least, in the context of this study with DOMS, in regards to DOMS, there doesn't seem to be a way of saying this is what's caused... Sorry, this is why you're hurting this much. It's just a simple case of asking the subjects while they're po being poked with this magical wand... Does this hurt, yes or no, on a scale of 1 to 10? And that's basically what they did with this study. They prodded oh, people. I hate that. It's just like, um, do you know when they when you do exercise and go, oh, on a on a scale of 1 to 10, how hard was that? So subjective. Yeah. Like, you could be doing one 1K an hour and it'd be like, this is a 10. Oh, my God. Same as you could, you could poke someone and they'd be like, yeah, it's a 12. That was the worst thing I've ever felt in my life. It's so subjective. There's no, there's no standards with it. I didn't see that because he hasn't got no, the camera didn't. working. <laughs> well, come on, Derek. Let's get to safety. Uh, oh, on just top of that... Segment there. Cheers. He did. Cheers, he ruined mate. it. His, his cardboard barrier just fell off and now we can all see the rest oh. of the kitchen. <laughs> his gym. <laughs> yeah, state a bit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, oh my uh, God, look at the state of your kitchen. Listen, it's <laughs> at least I've got a kitchen. <laughs> 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 and he's in his hotel room with a... Have you got like an ensuite kitchen? Is it yeah, I have actually. in the same... Uh, there isn't even like a wall separating it from the bathroom. It's just one big room. <laughs> Literally, I do my... I, I, I cook in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> a toaster in the bath. No, but look how light this room gets. That's it. See Whoa. that? Is that, that, that the lights you got? That's it. I've got one light there that I have to sit next to so you can see me. But that's it. One there. That's it. <laughs> I've just realised, like, with that echo, you've probably got people, like, in the rooms next to you and in the corridors thinking, what the fuck Man, is going the on? Fuck up, Andy. He's talking to himself again. He's talking to himself again. He's making weird food noises to himself again. <laughs> just Andy going, nom, 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 nom. But, yeah, I mean, uh, going, going back to, like, kind of what Andy was saying about it being, like, very subjective as well, is that there's a lot of outside factors that can affect pain as well. Including like things like uh, lack of sleep, etc. Mm. Um, not only that, but there's also expectations. Expectations can change pain a hell of a lot. So if I was to, I'll be honest with you, I can't fucking remember in a study, like if if these people knew that, that other group were being phone rolled or not. But in the group with the phone roller, they just phone rolled. Maybe they're expecting that their pain yeah. should be less. Uh, this listen, this isn't to say that you shouldn't use a phone roller if you have DOMS. If you find that it helps, go for it. But pain is bloody complicated, and I don't really... Do you know what? This is another thing about this specific paper. In regards to when they had people phone rolling, they were suggesting that people phone roll three times a week, 20 times per session. And I yeah, don't, that's what I'm looking at now. Yeah, I don't I don't think that people realise like how kind of unapplicable that is to most people. And if you've got that like, 20 minutes free, I'd rather do something a lot more productive. Yeah. Like There's go a lot for a better walk. methods out there, isn't it? Yeah. A brisk, active recovery will more likely have a, a greater benefit. Um, once again, it's not significant, but it will have a greater benefit. Than... However, if you're, let's say, you know, you're, you're in lockdown and you're self-isolating, 
or you're watching TV and, you know, for the next 20 minutes you've got nothing to do but watch TV, then you're sure if phone roll if you want to. You know, if you're alone in your hotel room, you know, you can do some phone rolling. Just remember, though, it doesn't have to be really hard. So when people tell you to do phone rolling, you don't have to, like, force the fucking the roll onto your quad to make it hurt. As we said before, a scale between... Two to five on the pain scale. Obviously, that's subjective anyway. Uh, but it could be quite a low to moderate pressure and you still get the same benefits. So what I'm going to do tonight, because I haven't got a foam roller with me, I'm just going to boil the kettle, uh, turn it on, and then when it's its boiling point, I'm going to put it on its side and then foam roll on that. <laughs> so I Actually... So I can really, so I can really feel the benefit. Uh, do you feel know what? All, all jokes aside, <laughs> yeah. what Annie just said... Um, there have been times where I've been in such a shit state that I've wanted to phone roll, but I haven't had a phone roll on me. There are other things people could use, such as like a cricket ball, a tennis ball. Um, at the gym, I have actually turned a kettlebell over on its side before, and I've just kind of rolled around on that. Uh, you know, what Andy was saying earlier about, you know, you don't really get shown how to utilise the phone roller properly, etc. Um, that's another kind of thing. There's a lot of people don't seem to understand how to use a phone roller. Um, it's... Oh, so do I go down a fucking rabbit hole here? But basically... Yeah, just go it. I'm going to say a buzzword. Do it now. And that is the word... Say it. Trigger points. Ooh. Now, I'm very critical on the term trigger points, but that's because I'm critical in the sense that what some people say trigger points are. Like, it's it's literally knotted muscle fibres and stuff like that. But trigger points do exist. A trigger point is basically a sore spot. But what I don't agree with is some of the explanations of what a trigger point actually physically is, like what's physically happening there. But technically, a, a trigger point is a sore spot. And with a foam roller, you simply just roll over the sore spot. So I want to bring uh, social economics. How are you bringing this into go. it? How are you bringing this into so, it? So, right. Uh, advice from myself. If, if, you are, if you don't have advice the money for it. Sorry, bring it up. You say advice from yourself. From myself yeah. to the audience. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, with with uh, money being tight and that, we just come off the back of Christmas, everybody's furloughed, we're feeling a little bit tight. If you've got money to go to the gym but you don't have the money to get a foam roller, which I know you think six, seven pound, that's actually quite a lot, use a barbell. Just lay <laughs> down more? and roll on a barbell. Yeah. Isn't that more expensive <laughs> than a foam roller? It, it's more durable. Yeah, but if you're not going to the gym... You don't need a foam roller. So you've got to buy a 200 pound barbell. <laughs> it kind of I'm not works. saying buy a barbell. I'm saying go to the gym and use theirs. Yeah, but they're closed. Jesus, Bill. But they're, they're closed, Andy. <laughs> no, they're not. What? <laughs> oh, wait. Civvies. Oh, unlucky. Yeah, sorry about that. I love the way you went socioeconomics and you were like, yeah, foam roller, six, seven pounds. Just use a barbell. They're like 100 quid, Andy. <laughs> Honest to God, like anything that's like wide enough and solid enough, you, you could roll around, you know, it could be... Roll, a rolling pin you could probably get away with. A, a rolling pin, a, a two-litre bottle of Coke, a, 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 a child's <laughs> large head. <laughs> Maybe not that, but, you know. Uh, we've, no, we, we I'm, bringing it, I'm bringing it back. Are you bringing it back, though? No, no, that one's no, that lost section. It. Yeah. Yeah, all right. We have another paper as well. So we, we went fucking full send on that paper one on DOMS. But there was another paper I saw which had, was another one which had conclusive evidence apparently that will help with DOMS. But the, 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 uh, the issue with this one was it only had eight subjects. And 
it's a very small pool of subjects and once again they were down the route of you will do this for recovery you lot will do not do this for recovery and we spoke about before perceived that perceived feeling most of these studies on doms they're all about perceived feeling they're not asking you they've not got some special machine which can like go into the fucking actually it's a good point do you reckon they could do that get something on your pain receptors Get some sort of Gucci machine um, that would go into your pain receptors and then do it. But again, but again, pain receptors are everyone's going to have different tolerance, tolerances, aren't they? Pain tolerance, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but you can get a trend, what, can't you? Because if you did, if you had a massive, let's say we had a study pool of fucking ten thousand people, you'd have to be big. You'd have oh, to you'd be have to be a lot of money study. to have to, to get into people's pain receptors with ten thousand people. You'd have to have a lot of funding. But I think that's maybe the only way you could conclusively say if it dealt with DOMS or not. We all react know. to pain in different ways, but I do understand what you mean. Does a certain modality, you know, uh, does a certain modality kind of like set a trend for what helps people with pain? I do understand yeah, yeah. that. Um, this is why, as a safety net, I say to people, like, if you want to phone roll, go for it, but please don't think that it's a must-do. And a bit to be honest with you, I would, despite what the literature might say in support of phone rolling... Uh, or at least older literature compared to the 2019 one that we read, you know, I don't think you're going to expect a massive result from it. No, not, not compared to other modalities. But if you want to do it, I've, I've, I feel better overall not, not foam rolling now because I kind of felt like I had to. Do you know, that's like the one of thing, things that yeah. like everyone does it. So you just sort of went in. Same with stretching. I used to do loads of stretching. Now I, I kind of. Very it's rarely because everyone's do it. fucking doing it. You every time you walk into a gym or you walk even in an army situation, people are stretching, foam roll. They're all doing all this shit, and you think you have to do it to recover, or you have to do it to go over an injury, or you have to do it to not feel it's sore. So deeply rooted into the ritual, yeah. Warm yeah. up, yeah, train, yeah, massively, and then your your cool down. But I mean, yeah, cool um, down pass, yeah. In regards to, re- we spoke a lot about DOMS, but in regards to recovery itself, so you know what's going to kind of like help you improve, uh, so. With, with performance uh, with other like different frequencies of training throughout the week once again it's kind of you're going to see like a bit of a trend here throughout this recovery series and that is that buzzword again blood flow now you know self massage or foam rolling in this case like when we talk about stretching it will increase you know blood flow slightly I suppose but once again exactly like how we concluded it with stretching uh, last week you've already got blood flow going after a training session. So if you are going to do it for the sake of, you know, improving blood flow, then why not just do it when you're chilling out later in the day? Yeah. When it's, it's like weakest, when it's not at its best. Watching TV once again. You yeah. know, doing Even time. Rest days as well. Rest days are always a good time as well because rest days you don't normally yeah. do a lot. Yeah. So getting some blood flow back on board could, I mean, could potentially help. So yeah, I mean, you've yeah, pretty much hit the nail on the head again once again. Um, we we fresh ourselves because we're like we don't we don't like fully know the ins and outs, so we kind of put ourselves into a pain hole every now and again. But I'd like to think that top level athletes, and I mean top top level athletes, I mean like professional footballers, professional runners. I don't think they'll ever. Well, I wouldn't see them ever being into that sort of stage where they're in shit state, like a genuine shit state. No, because not it's not good for them, is it, to be in that 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 phase. A lot of athletes, you know, I'll say a lot of athletes, not all athletes, because, you, you know, Joel Seedman once again proves that not all athletes know what they're doing oh, with good. their training. But I mean, uh, yeah, that as well. But I mean, with a lot of athletes, their training is programmed properly. 
Um, when we talk about programming, especially in regards to athletes, is it needs to be done to the extent that you're not going to have to be taking loads of time off due to recovery. Yeah, like you need like yeah. four days recovery. Yeah, exactly. Because at the end of the day, you can have a game around the corner. You can't miss out on a training session, you know. So a lot of time, the periodization is done to a T, like the specificity, and they take into account recovery as well, so things like deload weeks. So very, very rarely would I think a, would an athlete get into absolute shit state unless they're actually like perform, performing at the top level of their sport. Um, in regards to things like foam rollers, if it's to the point where you are a top athlete, or an athlete, let's say an athlete in general, I'm going to stop saying top athlete, I'm just going to say an athlete in general, and you want to bring your A game and you want to try every little thing, no matter how small the effect, but you feel like you need to do every single little thing to be at your best, if you want to add foam rolling, go for it. But I don't want you to think that that is what is making you the best. It's not you. Yeah, don't rely Don't rely on these things that you buy. I think even with the data that's saying it's going to help with DOMS, etc., it's it's quite a minor amount anyway. There's no, it's not, as we said before, it's not a difference between night and day. So this really comes down to if you've got time. But I don't want you to think that you need to spend 20 minutes after a session doing foam rolling. It's just... But again, how is there any... Is there any info, I can't find any info of how they felt like after after four hours after they did was was the dom still subsided after four hours after eight hours after they 12 did hours. The different measurements like oh 24 hours yeah. and 72 yeah, hours because i'd like i'd you'd phone roll you'd be like okay sort of that sort of acute there and then sort of yeah everything feels a bit yeah like, but what after, what after did they get into another session did that that help did these there's so many different angles that you could look at this with the study which was i think it was Percy was just the 10 times 10 squats. Um, oh, bloody hell, I have to go back down a rabbit hole here. But basically what they did was they did multiple sessions. So they did like um, a test session, which is where I think they did like, was it like one rep max or something on those lines? I can't remember. And they did like a session two after 24 hours and a session three after 48 hours and finally a session four after 72 hours. And they kept on like testing them after each and every session. But, you know, once again, kind of going off of what we were saying before, pain is such a subjective thing that it's a really hard thing to kind of test, you know, in in studies. This is, in my opinion, there's people out there that know a hell of a lot more than me in regards to pain, but it's, a placebo does play a lot in, into a lot of it. And if I was going to be a subject for a study on DOMS and I was being foam rolled, chances are I know what they're expecting me to kind of say. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Do you know what I mean? I mean, let's right. Let's sum this up then. Let's without fucking. Let's not keep beating this fucking horse. And so, if we just summarise now in like a sentence, Tom, would you say to people foam roll after exercise for recovery? Would you to your clients now? Would you say to them, yeah, let's get you on a foam roller? No. Um, if they want to do it later on in the day, go for it. But I make a big point to say, like, if you want to do it, do it. But personally, I just don't see the point. But at the same time, I'm not going to demonise it. Do you yeah, know what I mean? If you feel like you want to later on in the day, go for it. But after the session, I'd rather do something more productive. I don't want it to be Andy, another yourself, clock watch technique. Um, if they if they think, uh, uh, do you know, what? I'd I'd suggest it. And after a week or so, if they felt that it was beneficial, or two weeks, if it was beneficial, we stick with it. If not, it, like it's very easy come, easy go. I feel like that with that though, because they're coming to you and you're the subject matter expert. They're automatic. They could have that 
that more of a heavy lean on that placebo effect because you've you've told them this is something that could work. They're gonna want it. They're gonna feel like it is working because you're their mentor. But again, so to but speak. again yeah, I would. But I'd be as I'd I'd be as sort of what is it? What's the like as as straight as I could with it? You know, I'm I'll like look. To- if it's you, this if you're still work. feeling stiff, yeah, I'm like, if you're, if, you're, if you're feeling stiff, let's try this. It may work, it may not. You let me know. I wouldn't sort of feed it. You know what I mean? I'd be like, look, let's get on the foam rollers, stretch out their muscles, you know what I mean? Make you feel good. I'd be like, look, what we can try is foam rolling. It may work, it may not. We'll give it a go after a week. You let me know how you're feeling each day. If it's beneficial, we'll carry on. If it's not, we'll sack it off. Yes? Yeah? Absolutely fair. Um, if you know, end day, it's not like you're feeding them bullshit. You're telling them straight, look, if it works for you, go for it. But it's not like you're saying, oh, it's breaking muscle uh, scar tissue, it's shifting lactic acid. You're not, you're not giving them this narrative. You're just Buzzwords. simply saying, if it works for you, go for it. In which case, fair enough. At the same time, you're not saying, right, you have to do this. Same as that. If if that old man wants to stand in a locker room with his nutsack dangling down, talking to the young lads about is heyday if that makes him feel good let him do it uh, back in my day I used to phone roll for an hour <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, wow. used to, I used to Has it phone roll my swinging around long. everywhere <laughs> <laughs> I, my, my used to <laughs> technically now it's so droopy he could just phone roll on his own schlong <laughs> oh that's disgusting well, due to socio economics, we haven't all got access to a foam roller so if you can <sighs> you see how I shoehorned that in there you could roll on your own dick <laughs> <laughs> I think on that note, lads, of rolling on one's own dick, we'll um, we'll leave it there. It's been a pleasure as always. Um, Andy, you keep saving Kent from COVID, and we'll. Uh, I'll try, mate. We'll come back together next week. See you later, lads. Toodles. As always, thanks for listening. At this point, I'm not even sure if I do or I don't want a phone roll for recovery. But look, as we said, if you're really beat up and you feel like it might help, then perhaps it may aid a little. But if you haven't got the time, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's not going to cause miracles anyway. So only if you've got the time, really. A lot of what we seem to see slash hear seems to be quite placebo driven anyway and even the papers on DOMS are quite hard to fully invest in due to their subjective nature. Plenty more episodes on recovery to come as well as a few one-off specials so to ensure you don't miss out make sure to hit the subscribe slash follow button on your podcast app and it will make sure that you're notified when our next episode goes live. So we will see you next week same time same place for a brand new episode. See you soon.